Awareness sucks until it doesn't. I should know. I've been a practicing licensed clinical social worker in New York for more than 30 years. We have been given enough awareness on how to expand to satisfy the two universal desires, being happy and being loved. Now what? Now it is time to live it. This podcast focuses on transcending awareness into practice through dialogue with curious guests. Hello, this is Yolanda Kumidu. Welcome to my podcast. suggested. And RG um, uh, suggested it, uh, came to dialogue with me about silence. RG is a fashion stylist, helping people put uh, their style together. And her active outlet, creative active outlet, is uh, editorial photo shoots. So, talking about silence, uh, that's an oxymoron, talking about silence. I'm glad that in our dialogue, we consciously or subconsciously, we allowed some spaces for silence. So, it can offer the experience of how it is when you allow pauses or silence in the middle of dialogue and conversation with someone and how that can actually activate more inspiration. Archie, welcome. Thanks for having me. So you're bringing with you silence. I never bring silence. <laughs> I guess I, that's why you brought silence. I know. I tried to... Um, As a theme. Yeah, I tried to push myself outside my comfort zone and really have a conversation with you about something that does that I think about a lot because I'm not predisposed or friendly with silence. It's very uncomfortable for me. So I thought it would be um, interesting to get your take on the benefits of silence, the purpose of silence. So silence is such a big word and a big state of being. So <clears throat> what, which angle would be helpful to look at well, of silence. I thought it was interesting to think about it as a tool that you use as a therapist, right? Mm. Like, how do you see silence as a tool for your, um, for the people that you work with and for yourself as a, as in a professional capacity, not you personally? Like, I think it's interesting to, because it seems like 
everything else. It's a tool that could be helpful or hurtful def- depending on how it's used. Yeah. So what is your professional definition of silence? I think um, actually it entered my profession because of personal use of silence instead of the other way. Um, So I use silence during sessions as pausing for a few seconds. So when you pause in a session with someone for a few seconds, they don't, it doesn't feel, first of all, a few seconds. It feels a long, long time. And I found that sometimes when I work with someone and we really enter um, a a place where it's incredible vulnerability, I need to make space for the person to be there, to stay there, to... um, uh, to see what comes up for the person instead of me um, being busy in uh, injecting definitions, explanations, analysis, work. Because um, in silence is where the most profound awareness spontaneous awareness, authentic communication can happen. So in a session, as we are talking about something that bothers a person or is struggling with, very often I pause. And either after something I said, I wait until it lands to the person. And, and they stay with it. Or after something they ask me, I allow myself silence to hear the echo of what they said, to really ponder upon it instead of, because the mind, you see, wants always to give the answer, to keep busy, to, to the mind always has something to say. Uh, something to feel any space because silence can feel very uncomfortable. Why do you think that is? It's, very, it's a state of absolute vulnerability to be silent with someone because it can mean... You see, silence has has many, many, many sounds. A silence can be... Um, very uncomfortable, uh, and and in the silence with someone, let's say, your mind becomes even more noisy because what does it mean? Uh, do they like me? What does that? I have to think of something to say. What is happening here? Um, is it something wrong? Um, what do they think about me? Uh, so so it, it can be, that, yeah, take that direction. That makes sense because, right, the silence that's comfortable is the silence of familiarity. When you're comfortable with someone and you've known them, and I can be silent in that way. Like, you know, when I think about my best friend, 
we sit in silence for a long time and it's never uncomfortable. When, silence is uncomfortable when it's someone that you want to impress or someone you've just met and you're not sure who they are or if there's like a conflict of something and there's silence, it seems to um, like trigger that crazy thing your mind does where it starts going like, what's going on? Why are they silent? When, when saying something? Did not hear what I just said? Why is he being quiet? Like I want to kill people when I make a statement because I have a hard time expressing my true internal thoughts. Like, you know, I don't have a problem talking, but I'm not always exposing myself. But when I expose myself and I'm greeted with silence, I could get violent. Like, it just makes me feel very like, vulnerable, but also very... Um, upset when you when you expose yourself meaning you're sharing something very very precious for you yes. and very personal for you it's it's identical to offering someone a very precious gift and in their silence in the experiences they drop it they just drop you you see that's a different kind of silence when i share with you something that is so precious and close to my heart and something that i just don't talk to anybody it's so important and you just look at me in silence but your silence can be wow yolanda let me just hold this for a minute or it can be what is what what's that what are you talking about? You see, so uh, silence is never silent. Yeah. <laughs> it has so many sounds and you get the sound from the energetic vibration from what is happening right there between the between you and the person. You feel it. It's, it's palpable in your body. You see, you, you hear the sounds of silence in your body. And you know whether it's a comfortable silence or an uncomfortable silence. And what you said before, with your best friend, silence is not a problem because there's trust there. Yeah. There, you know already how they hold you, how they feel about you, what the connection is, and you trust it. So silence does not mean anything else it's familiarity. I love that what you said before. Yeah. Well, yeah, silence that's not threatening. Yes. Is that familiarity. Because there's also like, I mean, body language also tells you something. I mean, people speak without having to utter a sound, right? So you could be silent. Like I've been in rooms where something was said and the entire room goes silent. But there's like a wall that goes up. You don't see the wall, but you can feel it. It's the energy behind exactly. the silence, you see. And we are talking here about silence in interactions with people. Hmm? We're talking the role of silence between two people. You see, in intimate, very, very intimate moments with someone that you feel loved and safe and trustworthy, Silence is what you want to be with them. You want to be, because there's such an amazing connection that can only happen in silence. 
Words come in and they disturb that connection sometimes when it's with an intimate um, uh, connection, a relationship that you right. have. So silence in relationships me can tell a lot of information about what's happening between two people, where they are at with each other, um, what um, what they expect. What so it's very loud between two people. Silence, and it's necessary. So funny because I'm just thinking about um, a couple I know, and whenever they have a disagreement the husband shuts down, disappears. Well, that's a different kind of silence. That's a very loud silence. Yeah, and to me that's so aggressive and hostile. Aggressive silence. Yeah, and um, obviously I couldn't exist in that space, not for a minute, because, you know, I would barrel down the door. That is not silence at all. Yeah, that is that is actually screaming. Yeah, because it's it's like a refusal to address what needs to be addressed. So that is, you see, shutdown and silence are two different things. When a person who just had an argument and there is a, a refusal to engage, when engagement is what will help resolve the problem, that's a shutdown. And, you know, of course, the, the silent treatment, that is the silent treatment, people call it, and which is punitive. It's so, it's so, it just, to me, it seems more violent than violence for me as a person, because, I mean, we were talking about this earlier, too. I can't stand silence, so I like to solve everything. Let's talk it through. Let's figure it out. So for me, the hard part has been figuring out when I do need to employ silence, because I do agree with what you said, which is that you need silence too. You need to give something the space to develop and to actually like even just internalize it. You know, when you're going at the speed that your mind goes, you don't have the time to sit back and let something settle into you so that you can really fully like grasp it and understand it. So like for instance, sometimes when we work together and we start and you sit there quietly, I'm like, oh my God, no, I have to say something. What do I have to say? I don't, I don't have anything to say. I don't know where to start. I need you to start, but. And I don't. I know you don't. And then what happens? Because I'm, I'm feeling like you do that on purpose. I do. And I think it's to sort of um, give me the time to settle and come to the place where I figure out what it is I need to discuss with you instead of you telling me, like, this is what we're going to do. And that's very difficult for me. And you keep doing it, though. I keep doing it and you keep doing it. And then it goes so smoothly. Yeah. All the, also, the other thing I want to say about silence, R.G., Silence is a extremely powerful. Silence 
can really, really, because especially when you know that the other person feels uncomfortable with silence, you can use silence as a weapon, as power, not what we said before, shutting down. I'm not talking about... Yeah, like, what are you talking about? Because as soon as you start to say that, I think to myself about that couple that I told you about. And to me, no. that just seems... That's punitive. Yeah, that seems volatile. and Punitive is different than power, okay? Punitive, I want to hurt you, so I'm using that. But... Power. It has a different. It has a different set, feel to it. So if I want to dominate the conversation, not to shut you down, not to shut down, not to be angry. I'm not angry with you. Let's say, but I want to dominate the conversation. You say something, and I hold silence. And that makes you uncomfortable, which when you're uncomfortable, your thinking is not clear because the, with the minute the emotion comes in, the thinking it becomes blurred and it can be used as a tool of power to dominate you, what you're thinking or what I want to say to you, what I want to convince you, what I want. And it immediately, the minute that you become a bit confused, a, a bit wondering, what am I thinking? N not so much, uh, am I judging you, but... Like, why are you quiet? Yeah, what am I thinking? Yeah. And I say nothing. Immediately I confused you, and you're not clear, and I stay more clear. So I just want to also say that it's an aspect of silence that is, it can be punitive, it can be powerful, it can be intimate. It can be pure, comfortable closeness with a friend. And then we have the silence of spirituality. That's very different. Before we go to spirituality, the, the power aspect of silence because this is a, a tool that, you know, I need help with. Um, well, once you get that person, the other person to the place where they're flustered, how does it play out from there? Like, do you then slowly break the silence? Like, who breaks the silence? Is it like a strategic move? Is it like a power play? It really depends what why the person decides that they want to use power, silence for power. You know, what it, it's so, I cannot answer that question because it really depends on what am I, so what's, let's say. What's your aim? Yeah, it depends what exactly is happening between us. But to use silence, to be silent, requires unbelievable restraint. It does, and it's funny because um, one of the things I thought about, you know, in thinking about questions to ask you about silence was um, someone's comfort level with silence and its connection to their self-esteem and their view of themselves. Because to me, it is it, I don't know what I was going to ask you was, is it that... Um, 
the more confident and self-assured you are, the greater the silence is a tool for you, as opposed to someone who's um, insecure and unsure of themselves. Are, is it tied to that? Completely directly. It's completely connected to the level of self-confidence. That in silence, you see, you don't move. When we're now talking about being used as power. Yeah. Um, and um, I want to shake you. I want you to, to um, uh, take you out of your comfort zone. And if you also have very strong self-confidence, you will just sit there, no problem maintaining the silence, no need. But if you, there is, cons what is self-doubt? Um, it's about doubting what you think, what you feel, what you say. Right, mm -hmm. needing external validation. Exactly. So when you have internal validation, you know what you are, who you are, you feel comfortable, um, what you're clear about, and you hold it for yourself. So you don't need to prove, improve, uh, impress, please. You just hold who you are, what you believe, like a rock. And you cannot be destabilized that easily. But if you doubt yourself and you're not sure and you need outside validation, another's silence will destabilize you in no end, immediately. And let's not forget about the tendency we have to keep talking. And very few times we actually listen to what we are saying, let alone what someone else is saying to us. So this tendency to keep talking it's another um, uh, another way that that expresses discomfort, being with with yourself in with no words. It goes back to self confidence again. It it requires some levels of that, of of self. Um, of um, self assurance, self-awareness. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, awareness sucks. Why? So you're aware of what I'm saying to you. I'm making you more aware, right? But if you are uncomfortable with silence, how can what I say be helped? Well, I hope I'm activating your questions and your thoughts about what is your relationship to yourself. <laughs> Because if that does not become um, more grounded, you will not be comfortable with silence. You just won't be comfortable with silence. Now, can we go to the spiritual aspect? Yes. <laughs> I can't I'm wait. so reluctant. I know, spirituality. <laughs> well, so, uh, you know, the word spirituality, I want, I don't, it means so many different things to different people. And very often uh, it gets confused and abused and misused. But what I want to say about 
silence on the spiritual level, if you're able to maintain it, the messages, intuitive messages, come in only in silence. When you have a question about your life... Wait, hold the press. You just said something. Intuitive messages come in silence, right? I need a minute... Often. ...to think about what that means. Intuitive... Yeah, I'm going to silence you. Intuitive messages come in silence. Because intuitive messages don't only come in words, right? They come in so many... They never come in words. Right. I mean, they could. Never? Not even... They come from like feelings. So no, you have not feelings. Let's not get feelings. When involved. I say feelings, I mean like the use of your senses, right? Like, what do you mean then? Your gut reaction. And that's not a feeling? No. A feeling is always a reaction. When I feel something, I'm reacting. When I'm happy, Something just happened that I, I wanted it to be ha to happen. So my reaction to that is, I got what I want. Ah, when I feel miserable, something I never wanted to happen happened. I feel miserable because I didn't want it to happen. Feelings and emotions are pure reactions. Intuition comes from a different place, not even from us. I understand what you mean. I was just thinking about that as you were talking, like. To me, when I think about feels, is different than feelings, I guess. It's okay. Like, you know, when you sit still, if you could even feel like the slightest thing, like, you know, falling on your hand, something that you wouldn't take notice of if you're too busy, like, creating commotion and chaos. So I, I, I think I understand what you mean. It's that you have to get quiet. So that you can, you know, hear, see, feel the vibrations that you don't allow yourself to be open to, like to receive all that and, and then understand or not understand, but just live with experience. experience. Yeah, experience it. But you see, that is very, very tricky because when you silence your speech, Hmm? and you stay quiet, the mind is having a feast because now it has more room to come in with the thoughts and the ongoing um, uh, non-stop uh, thinking and worrying and reminding. So when I talk about silence in communication to that I don't know what you want to call it, uh, intuition, higher power, however you want to call it. Um, I'm also referring to quieting the mind somehow. Mm? And that is extremely challenging. There are so many brilliant ways out there that uh, brilliant people offer of different methods and techniques to quiet the mind. And go get some, learn some, train in some. They're beautiful and they work. Um, but when your main part of your personality is a thinker, is a need to understand, to be clear, um, 
it's it's uh, almost impossible to quiet the mind because you try to find the answers through the mind and you think only the mind can give you the answers. And when I talk in this language of the most incredible answers come in silence, it's, it's very difficult to for the mind to grasp what I'm talking about even. You see? Yeah. I feel like the best way for me to try to understand that is to couch it in this idea of um, when you think about something you love to do, it could be, you know, for some people painting, for other people writing. For me, it's cleaning out my closet. You know, you lose yourself and you stop thinking and you're just acting. I mean, athletes talk about this all the time as the zone because when you're in the zone, your mind isn't going like, okay, now hit the ball. Like your body just like hits the ball. It's just like you're operating on this like different level. It's not the mind that's driving the car. But in activities like this, you see, what did you do? You gave your mind a complete focus and everything peripheral has been blurred and you're focusing on the closet or you're focusing on that ball. The so, um, you know, often it's said uh, the mind is like an elephant's trunk. You know, the elephant's trunk is in, you, in, in movement all the time. But give it a log to hold, it stays still. So when you give the mind, so you describe actually creative activity, whether it's sports, whether it's writing, you just focus on that. So there is a silence, but also a focus. That helps calm and actually the mind doesn't need to be moving in other directions because you gave it a direction to stay with. That's very helpful. So funny, I was watching. Did actually. Oh, it's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, no silence. Okay. You said? <laughs> that's so funny. Silence is so hard to come by. <laughs> oh, that's another one. Yeah. Okay, we start. It's true. Um, let's take a minute of silence. It's so funny, too, that minute of silence people take. It's supposed to be respect, but... They should give directions before, or like instructions before the minute of silence. Like, you know, give that elephant trunk the log so that, you know, we're going to take this moment of silence to think of those that have, you know, left us or something. And nobody ever really thinks about them. It might be nice to be like, remember Mary? She was always so wonderful at doing this. Let's take a minute of silence and think about how Mary affected our lives. For some people that they do themselves and it works, but the minute of silence is really a gesture of respect. And why do they choose silence, you see? I mean, silence is the highest level of entering any entry into spirituality has to involve silence.
Because what are words? You see, words. I had a wonderful professor when I was going to the Ackerman Institute, uh, Family Institute, and I would never forget his words. He said, um, words cloud communication. I love that phrase. And words m more often come from uncomfortability, from not um, uncertainty. Um, so silence, where does silence come? You see, when you go when you go in nature, out in nature, and you go by yourself and you're silent, it's so many people have shared with me. It's a spiritual experience. Oh my God, you're you're describing that and I'm thinking that's a nightmare. <laughs> that is fantastic, RG. Why, my dear? Because the idea of me by myself in nature, um, first of all, it's not silent. There's so many sounds in in nature, so many things happening. I'm talking not talking. That, of yeah, course, yeah. yes. Um, hmm, that's so funny. I know why. I mean, I know why. Because I think I was thinking about it, too, as you were speaking. Because if silence is voluntary, just like any other anything, if it's voluntary, if it's your choice, you know, what are the kids calling it these days? I can't remember. But um, if it's your choice, then yes, that's a gift. But, you know, growing up in a Greek household, and the directive was always tzimudia. You know that word? Like, don't utter a sound. You don't exist. So that forces silence on you. And so I think growing up that way, for me, that silence was a prison. And what I'm looking for is, like, connection. And to, like, be isolated in the woods by myself is to like go back to that prison of silence that I grew up in. And so, you know. You're bringing up the most important part here, okay? What does growing up, what was the definition, the connection, the association, the conditioning you yeah. had with silence? What you just described is the ultimate punishment. I mean, it, 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 to be said, don't you utter a word, is, is worse than being hit. <laughs> uh, yeah, because you're being erased. Yes. Like, that's why I, I think, for me, silence is such a... It's not so much the older I've gotten and the more, you know, aware I've become. But it's, um, you know, even this week, I realized that how much I need silence in my professional life because I tend to want to make things better for people by like filling in with too much, you know, reassurance. And I think that makes me be seen as someone that's insecure and that's trying too hard, even though mm. what I think I'm trying too hard is to not make them feel what I grew up feeling, which is like, 
this erasure and this not not being allowed to exist, right? Because if you can't, if you're not even allowed to make a sound, forget about speak, you're completely erased. You can't, who are you then? You're nothing. So how does one, you know, heal from that? How does one go back and hold what that and respect and honor the the pain associated with silence growing up and and understand that that belonged there and it was uh, silence was used as a punishment and then re-examine and take a risk in redefining silence that for you and for a lot of other people, it meant punishment, pain, it meant misery, it meant torture. And also it has another meaning. It has, it has a meaning of pure bliss. But that was never introduced. That was never uh, um, uh, experienced, <laughs> you see. So you're bringing up, Argy, the most important part here. What is your definition based on your experience growing up of silence? And that um, can determine your relationship with silence today. So it needs to be re-examined. And it needs, so if you never had the opportunity to see the positive and the gifts of silence, of course you will stay with, that's torture, (laughs) And now as I'm saying, there is such positives in silence. There's such bliss in silence. There's such deep connection and communication that you can find in silence. At least, perhaps, I will activate some curiosity in you to kind of practice <laughs> and, and see that the possibility that it's another side. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I do think that um, I, I can definitely appreciate it more um, now than I could, like, let's say even 10 years ago or five years ago. And I do, um, like, being exposed to people that are comfortable with silence, you know, people that you appreciate and can see, like, in a good way, that's been very helpful in terms of seeing the positive side of silence and not seeing it as a muzzle so much as like a minute you know I need a minute um this idea that I just need to go into myself whatever that means so that I could receive like to go back to the spiritual way that you were discussing it to like you know I have this tool this body and it receives in so many ways so give me a minute to like get in touch with all the receptors so I can see what's going on kind of thing thank you Archie thank you You're invited to be a curious guest in my podcast. 
Uh, please continue to send your comments, questions, and suggestions for more themes to awarenesssaxpodcast at gmail.com. That's all for today. Until next time, yaharat.